This is Tournament in a Tea Break. We have two very weary travellers today. I'm Ros Satar from Britwatch Sports. I'm George Belshaw from <laughs> Metro.co.uk. And when I say it's late, I am not joking. Right now, my uh, my watch is telling me that it's got 10% of power remaining and it's half past midnight. So let's rattle through the best of um, yet another day of, uh, of round one action. Uh, let's start with Novak Djokovic, who uh, it was potentially quite a big blockbuster of the first round, really. Uh, Djokovic and Nishikori both coming off uh, injury-strewn seasons. Um, you know, it was it was interesting. I think I think from from my perspective, having seen him in Indian Wells, where he kind of described it as, I felt like I placed my first ever tour match. He's definitely getting better, his jocker smash notwithstanding. There's there's definitely green shoots of improvement. What do you think? Yeah, I think in Monte Carlo, I thought there were signs of improvement and then obviously lost a team in that third round and then lost to Cleesan almost inexplicably in Barcelona. You just thought he's back to square one again. So mm. this was a really big match to come into. And I think as he was saying, confidence-wise, to beat a big player like Nishikori. And Nishikori, you know, there might have been some concerns over his fitness coming into this, but he had just been to the final of Monte Carlo. He had started to find good form himself. And, you know, for Djokovic to come there, win that match in straight sets, okay, it was, you know, two hours, but it it was a good win. He never really looked like losing, I wouldn't have said. Um, no, I think he had a few dicey moments, but I think, it, I think you always felt that the edge was with him rather than with Nishikori. Uh, and that he would find a way to puzzle through it. I think also with Vida coming back to his team, I think it, he said himself, it's going to take a while f to put his game back together. And that's what it feels like to me, that he's almost having to start from ground zero and, and, and work his way back up, get a team around him that he feels comfortable with, get a, a group of people around him that are close-knit that he has trust in. Um, I'm not saying that he didn't have trust issues with Agassi or with mm. Becker, but, you know, Vida's been with him since, like, the year dot. So, you know, I think I think if they stay together for the whole of this clay court season, it can only get better for Djokovic. Yeah, and he was, you know, stepping in on that baseline a bit more. There was a little bit more aggression about his ground strokes there, a little bit more belief behind them. There yeah. were a few more misses, but... You know, I think on the whole, the attitude and positive approach was good. I still think that killer shot's missing sometimes. That, and that just comes with match sharpness. Yeah. And that, you know, he needs to get back to that stage he's playing five matches a week. And that's when you're exactly. going to see him at his best. In fact, actually talking of playing five matches a week, hmm. uh, it follows on quite nicely from something that Maria Sharapova said in <laughs> her uh, first round match. That you know, does, does she want to be going home early after one or two matches? No, she does not. Does she want to be sort of ranked at 60 and 70? No, she absolutely does not. I mean, she really she didn't make it easy for herself today either. I think it's another one of those confidence-building matches that she'll come out of it and think, yeah, actually, that was a good fight. Yeah, um, it wasn't the best of starts against uh, Begu, but by the end, I thought we were seeing, similarly with Djokovic, we were seeing signs of the old Sharapova. Mm, and absolutely. Again, we've not really seen that many signs of her being back at her best since I come back. There have been flashes in the pan occasionally, but there's not been a consistent run of really good matches where I thought, oh, bloody hell, Sharapova's playing well against yeah. good opposition and Begu's a good player she took out Ostapenko in yeah. the first round she got good form here she beat Magarutha here before so th I think that was a harder win than many would give it credit for but one, of, 
Well, one of the things that, uh, that I get a sense of having obviously seen Sharapova before the ban and now after the ban, and also it pretty much from the beginning of her comeback in, in Stuttgart, is that maybe once where she had that sort of arrogance of, you know, I should be brushing you aside, she doesn't have that anymore because, you know, since she's come back, there have been injuries, there, there have been sort of stop-starts, then she won a title at the end of the year, then the, the split... Um, with Sven and you know I think she's just had blow after blow after blow and now she's kind of you know what I really need to sort of reset and you know I think I think for both of them they've almost had to sort of strip everything back down to to the basics of what made them who they were back in the day Um, but I think it's a long road ahead for both of them yeah it would be interesting I think there are chances for both of them at the French Open if they carry on like this I mean obviously when I say chances would, yeah, for Djokovic, have... Nadal is obviously yeah. the big problem. But if he lands on the other side, yeah. there's not much else in that field that you think is going to really team aside, perhaps. Yeah. That's going to really trouble him on clay if he's anywhere near the sort of level he was at. And yeah. Sharapova, that, that field's so open always, yeah. and especially on clays. Wozniacki said earlier this tournament, you know, there's not a clay court specialist like Nadal yeah. in the WCA. Halep, probably he's the best been... until the final. But if you get yourself there, yeah. you know, you'd almost back Sharapova. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's going to be fascinating when we come to our draw pre, um, pre- previews and predictions. Easy for me to say it this time of the night. Um, then I think, you know, I think it, it could blow everything wide open. It's, um, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, talking of uh, what's got us to being tongue-tied right now, Vika and Pliskova, that was an ordeal <laughs> for both, I think. Not to mention us watching. Yeah, I mean, it was a really, really odd up and down match. I was um, admittedly co-watching with Mon Fees, yeah. who's just told me he's uh, nowhere near fit enough to play Nadal, so that bodes well. Just drop that in. He's <laughs> <laughs> such a uh, cheerful <laughs> No, I've got no chance of reading yeah, Nadal. Match. Um, but, I mean, Pliskova, I, again, I, I thought she would win that match from before I think she and, I, that and after the first set I was very confident after the second set I was a little less confident after the break at the start of the third I was very confident <laughs> and then it came back again and to be fair to her I think that hold at five all really won at the match if anything yeah. like Azarenka had chances there Pliskova held oh, yeah, firm and they just well, carried through yeah four break points I think it was um, yeah, I think it's like you say. It's one of those pivotal games that you think whoever gets this takes the match. And she's we've just come back from talking to her actually, and she was saying that um, you know she's never she's never felt bad, but you can never tell when she says feeling bad. Does she mean injury? Does she feel? Does she mean cramp? I mean, when she said cramps, all of us were like, oh, she went no, 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 no not cramps in my legs, head cramp. Um, you know, she just couldn't go for a shot. So I think the quick start actually threw off her game a little bit because Azarenka just gifted her a load of errors um, and I think she thought it was going to be a lot quicker and then her serve deserted her uh, and she's only really just got it back it went on walkabout at the beginning mm. of the year and you know she's only just really been talking you know, she, took, oh, she talked a lot about how she felt a lot better her serve was back people were getting less of a read on it um, and then you know towards the end she thought she was she thought she had it in the bag then Azarenka came back because she started to wobble again you know it's it's I think she's happy to get through that because towards the end I mean that that final game Azarenka had her running left and right and while she's got big long levers that eats up the court 
you know, that's great on a hard court, but when you're sliding around like Bambi on a clay court in a cold stadium, you know, that's, that, that's, that's going to be tricky. She's got Sloane next. That's, you know, she, she said herself, there's a lot of things that I need to improve if I want to come away from that. And Sloane's been playing outstanding. Yeah, she here. played really well earlier. Um, I've never For particularly her to demolish Stoza on clay like that. Yeah, I was going to say, I've never particularly had her down as much Not. of a clay uh, aficionado, but she seems to have settled pretty well here. No, I well, still back Pliskova. Yeah, I mean, she had that. a rough uh, Stuttgart because she was ill. She was like, you know, virtually keeping Kleenex tissues in business for the whole week. I think she had a, a virus and she really just mowed out of Stuttgart really early. And I think that's really helped her. I think she's come here. She's gotten used to the conditions. Mm. You know, I back Pliskova, but I think it, I think we're in for another roller coaster. While we're talking of roller coasters, what's your pick? Do we go with Edmund first or do we go with Conta? Uh, let's do Edmund because we've not chatted about him okay. yet at all. So fresh face. Um, how do you feel he'll get on? Um, it's interesting. I'd actually started to draft his preview because obviously the, the draw previews have come out quite early, which is helpful. Uh, and the focus has been, well, he's going to have to pick himself up and turn around after what was a pretty... Uh, devastating decider in the Estoril quarterfinal. But of course he was in the doubles with Cameron Norrie and they won their first ATP doubles title, which is great for both of them because they both have a similar work ethic. They, you know, they, they, they just get their head down and, and get, get the hard yards done. And I wonder now whether that's A, going to give him a fair bit of confidence because he got to stay out there and get some more clay under his, under his shoes and B, gives him a bit more variety, because otherwise Medvedev is going to have him running back and forth from the baseline all day long. Um, and ha- with the doubles, he's going to have to have um, introduced a bit more variety, and he, won't, he, he can't rely all the time on that um, serve and, and forehand one-two punch. As effective as it is, at his age, he really does need to look for a little bit more variety, I think. I think, he will, I think he'll win, but I think it's going to be a tough one. I think it's probably going to be a three-setter. Yeah, I mean, we, I wouldn't say we've seen anywhere near the levels on clay we saw from Edmund last season this time around, which is perhaps more surprising considering how well he did in Australia. I really thought this was going to be a good chance for him to build on that great rankings jump he had. Um, having said that, obviously there's a bit of an injury problem coming yeah. in, which has probably slowed him down a bit. But this should be a decent chance maybe to get into the second round I, I actually quite like Medvedev but he gets a bit of a bad rap because he's got um, he's had a few <laughs> questionable issues but he he's one of those games where you look at when he plays and you don't see too many holes in there in terms of ground strokes etc I think he'll I think he'll do quite well he's got a good serve he'll keep on top of Edmund and if Edmund doesn't play well he can very easily lose this match reward for either of them is a match with Djokovic which would from a British perspective, it'd be great to see Edmund face Djokovic. It would, and I've got to be honest, actually. I mean, whilst I've written that you know Djokovic is on his way back up again, Djokovic in this state is a you know a very winnable prospect for for Kyle. It would be a fantastic win for him if he could do it, but he would have to bring his absolute best tennis to 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 get there. Well, if he plays as he did against Rafa last year against Novak yeah. this year, he's got a very good chance. Uh, which leads us on to Joe. of course. She's going to be uh, closing um, things off on uh, Court Arancha Sanchez at uh, 8 o'clock or there, thereabouts. <laughs> and we are sitting with our heads in our hands for the, for the benefit of uh, the lack of visuals because uh, she's with Bernarda Pera again, 
So for those of you that might not remember, Pera was the the player who downed her in the second in the second round. So she'd started really well against Brengel, and then uh, Pera was just springing, swinging free. Uh, I think came in as a qualifier, absolutely nothing to lose, and really took Conta to the cleaners. Yeah, that was in Australia. Yeah, and and let, if we look on, if we look rationally at this, she just started with Michael Joyce. It's back to this um, situation with coaches it takes a while to, to bed in that relationship you know so it was it was it was still very early days but it was it, it was the start of a bit of a spin for Joe. I mean when you look at Conta's results from the previous six months that loss wasn't a great surprise because she'd barely won yeah. anything so I mean yes and no that was a surprise there uh, she then went on to beat Pera in Doha but that wasn't particularly straightforward either if memory no, serves I mean I think she was gifted more by the fact that Perra just imploded on herself um, you know as soon as I think if, if I remember right as soon as Conta got her nose in front Perra just fell apart um, but you can't rely you know that that's on that's in Doha on hard court which is Joe's bread and butter you can't rely on that on a surface that isn't her isn't her best although in fairness she and Zhang did very well in the doubles they seem to be having a lot of fun and I was watching her footwork a lot in that doubles and it's it's still very tippy toey sort of scamper like a squirrel but but it looks a lot more comfortable than it did in Charleston where it really looked like if I put my foot down I'm just going to literally skate into a barrier so I think I think we're in for a roller coaster. Though. I don't think we're going to have a. We, I think we're going to be talking to you again at probably gone midnight, very tired. I really hope not. And if you are listening, Joe, please just win this in straight sets, one and two. Yes, because of course she minutes. listens. I'm sure she does. I'm sure they're all listening. But yeah, I can't take another night like this. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We we promise that we'll try and be a bit more cheerful. Um, Only if you finish quickly, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so predictions then. Do you think that our Brits will go through? Joe will get a back-to-back win. Um, yeah, I think Conta will win. I, I don't think she's in a happier place than when she's played Pera in the two previous times. I think she'll be fine. I think Kyle will probably carry that momentum through from the doubles too. But either in three or Medvedev could easily win as well. I, I'm not very confident, but yeah, he should win. If he's at his best, he'll win. I think um, I think we'll uh, leave things there. Uh, thank you for joining me again on Tournament in a Tea Break, which probably is now Tournament in a Nightcap. Um, <laughs> you've been listening to Ross Satar and George Belshaw. Thank you. Bye bye.